This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you every morning at 8am, keeping you up to date what's going on in the world of Arsenal. Good morning, I hope you're doing well, I hope you're doing good and thank you so much as always for joining us. Uh, thank you everybody in the chat box making us a continued part of your morning routines. I hope you had a good weekend and I hope you're ready for a scorcher of a week this week. I mean, the shows aren't themselves these days if I'm not moaning about the weather. No, the shirt is not any indication that Arsenal are about to pull off an absolute madness, although I kind of hope that's the case. And we may be pulling off a signing this week, but it's not to indicate that. It's just I have to wear something loose because I'm sorry. It's a joke. 40 degrees here in the UK today. That's not Fahrenheit. (laughs) This is quite ridiculous how hot it is here in in the uk but uh, i hope you're enjoying wherever you happen to be in the world and that you're standing by and cooling yourselves down uh martin good morning to you to true fact to simon effect femi we've got paul we've got louise brad damien uh good morning guys we've got mfb sartvik marks temi pam rasta uh good morning guys hope you're doing good hope you're doing well, and everybody else joining us in the chat box too. We've also got a brand new member, although StreamYard is making it incredibly hard for me to find who this person is. There we go. Uh, we've got Albie, uh, St. Laurent. Uh, thank you so much for joining up as a member. I'm sure already the chat box is giving you a warm welcome to the TGT family. But without further ado, let's crack on with today's show and tell you to go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way as well. We'll be live over there at 10 a.m. UK time. Uh, again, trying to cool down everybody with some positive news and feelings around Arsenal Football Club. Make sure you're subscribed here as well and that you're dropping a like on the video as well. We crack on with today's stories, though, by beginning with information regarding Arsenal's possible injuries. Mikel Arteta did speak after the 2-0 victory over Everton. Uh, speaking about Fabio Vieira, he, had, he said he had a slight problem in his bone and hopefully he will start to train in the next week or so, which means he probably will not be playing against Orlando. 
there's a small chance he could feature against Chelsea. But I think the most likely time we will see Vieira play is against Sevilla in the Emirates Cup, which is a shame, but it's important that he's out there with the team uh, gelling, of course, and familiarising himself with the squad. Uh, ben White on him, he said he had a niggle in his uh, quads and we had to protect him. But he had to, uh, but he had trained with the squad yesterday, so hopefully he'll be all right. Maybe he will play on Wednesday or get some kind of, um, I say Wednesday, Thursday, early hours of Thursday morning, I suppose. But uh, he will hopefully get something uh, worth uh, getting those minutes in. On any other injury problems, he said, we had Kieran with a slight problem, Emil also with a muscular niggle, uh, and Tomiyasu as well as Ben. Uh, the rest of them are fine, but it's a matter of days with them. So it seems like it's only days uh, that the issue is. So hopefully we should still see um, some plenty of, of positive reports and you know minutes from these guys that have not yet featured across the pre-season. Moving into more familiar territory and transfer news, Gabriel has turned down a move to Juventus. Music to my ears. That's, that's all I need to know is that our boy is going to be sticking with us for next season. Hopefully, of course, we can get him signed up to a brand new contract. Discussions are set to take place very soon, I understand. So hopefully that's a, a situation that will benefit of Arsenal uh, in the near future. But he has turned down a move to the old lady in favour of the North London baby. Uh, Nuno Tavares, uh, though, will not, it seems, be moving to Marseille. A move between the two clubs has broken down. Arsenal wanted no obligation or option clause inserted into a contract of Tavares. They still see a future for him. They still see him as a potential candidate for kind of that future starting left-back position. We'll be competing with Tierney and possibly Zinchenko, of course. And I agree with them. I still see a very good player in there. It's just about refining all of those kind of rough edges around his defensive side of his game and offensive side of his game as well, which will need to be done playing regularly on loan. So hopefully we can find something for him this season. Uh, Marcelo Flores is attracting interest, not only from Europe, but also across the pond in America. MLS clubs are keeping tabs on him and could offer him some first-team football up until at least the January transfer window, in which place he would obviously return and we would try and get him a loan move for the next half of the season. Regular senior football is what's going to help Marcelo Flores, and hopefully that's what Arsenal can provide him with a loan this season. Nicolas Pepe is getting significantly more interest now, which is a really positive step in the future of the Ivorian. West Ham, Everton, Leicester and Sevilla are now all credited with holding a potential interest in Pepe. Where he ends up will probably be, in my view, if he moves on, either La Liga or the Premier League, considering they're really the only leagues that can probably pay the wages of Pepe. That's if Arsenal are willing to not subsidise, or they are willing to subsidise any of it, but if they're not willing to subsidise any of his wages, a Premier League move makes the most sense to one of those teams. Um, the transfer for Arsenal are going to need to be a little bit more kinder on because the 25 million plus that they're supposedly asking for, I just don't think they're going to get for Nicolas Pepe, quite frankly. So they need to be a little bit more reserved with possibly getting hold of him. Now, links to Arta Mello have not gone away. According to Italian media Tuta Mercato, they claim that Arsenal continue to hold an interest in the Brazilian and Juventus midfielder. Um, I can't see this one happening mainly because he's Brazilian and not called Gabriel. I'm sure that has quite a big impact on whether or not we go for players. But to be honest, even in general, I can't really see this one happening this summer. Arsenal had an interest in the player back in January. 
Um, there was those links that came out suggesting that a potential swap deal with Gabriel and Rabio and Arto and a potential cash sum as well to get Gabriel to Juventus could happen. But I just don't see Arsenal moving in for the player at this point in time. This was very much a January opportunity that I think has probably now passed. But who knows? Maybe things will change. But Artemelo back in the reports and rumour mill regarding Arsenal this morning. Mm. Our penultimate story is on Yuri Tielemans. Now, Yuri Tielemans has indeed returned to Leicester um, and has started pre-season, of course, with Brendan Rodgers. And Brendan Rodgers has praised him, saying that, you know, he's come back and he's ready and, and going like he's he's never been away, like there's never been any kind of talk about his future. Is this entirely surprising? Probably not. You know, he's a very good professional. Uh, I'll give you the exact quotes. He said, there's no updates at all. He's an amazing guy to work with. He's just rejoined the club for pre-season. He's pretty much the same. In training, he's very committed. He's happy in his work and happy at the club. But naturally, with a year in his contract, he may feel he has to look at everything for him and his family. But I certainly know he's committed here whilst he is here. I'll have a good chat with Yuri next week to get privately what he's thinking. But it won't change whether he's leaving or staying for another five years. He'll still be super committed. So Arsenal, I think, are ultimately waiting to see if they can get this deal done for a cheaper figure than they necessarily have to. I think that's the big stumbling block now for Arsenal is that they feel that there may be the price tag for a player of the year left on his deal of his level, especially when there aren't really that many suitors in for Tielemans right now. The difference between him and the Jesus deal is that there were loads of clubs interested in Gabriel Jesus. So Arsenal moved to try and get as best of a deal for themselves as they could. Tielemans, there doesn't seem to be the same level of interest. Otherwise, someone would have absolutely snapped him up by now. And I think that Arsenal believe that they can get Tillemans for an even cheaper deal than we were talking about before. You know, the 30, 25, 30 million pound mark. Maybe they're going to try and get him for around, you know, the, the lower end of that spectrum. But uh, we'll see because it is odd that they've not yet moved for him. Maybe that's a signal that they are looking elsewhere. And we kind of knew that, that they were looking at other potential targets and more of an attacking player would likely be the next option considering Zinchenko, who let's move on to our next story, being Zinchenko can cover that midfield. Uh, he has travelled with Man City to the US for their tour. Uh, he was included in their preseason tour and was always planned to go. And of course, going out to the US means that he could join up with Arsenal's preseason tour very, very easily. Just taking a plane across the States effectively to get hold and in with the group of Arsenal players. But this is a deal that is getting very, very close to happening. A deal between Arsenal and Manchester City was agreed at around £30 million, slightly cheaper than the £35 million that we originally thought he would go for. And this has just proven to be a very good deal for Arsenal overall. If they can get this deal done and Zinchenko agree, it didn't seem like personal terms would be too much of a problem. And it seems like only a matter of time. We'll probably hear more about this one this week and potentially even an announcement on this one this week. So let's see and hold our fingers crossed that this will be a deal that gets done before the end of the tour. And there you go. That is all of today's stories. We're going to move to the second half of the show, which is the opportunity for you guys in the chat box to make sure that you're throwing in any of your queries, your questions, your theories and thoughts, and we'll try and answer as many of them as we can in the time that is left. There's over a thousand of you tuning in. Do drop a like on the video. It really does help us out and subscribe to the channel to make sure you keep up to date with everything going on in the world of Arsenal's transfers every single day, plus extra content around Arsenal as well. It's not just news, it's discussion, it's debate and opinion too, and we try and keep it as real as we can. Let's move on to your questions though after this quick break. Thank you. 
Okay then, uh, let's jump into the chats. Uh, let's go to Clock Orange, who says, uh, "I saw a new. I saw news where Gakpo was left out without any information from the PSV tour. Interesting indeed. Uh, whilst I was searching through all my Arsenal stuff to get the show together this morning, I must have missed that. But uh, apparently." Uh, Gakpo has been left out of the squad. That's very interesting indeed. Obviously, Arsenal's had an interest in the player. They haven't formalised that interest as far as we know. So if it is going to be that he goes somewhere, it didn't seem like it would be Arsenal. But that might change. Arsenal have had to go through a different number of alternative options in a number of positions. It does not mean that they won't go for someone like Gakpo. Uh, Christos says, Hi, Tom. What additions do you think we are going to make after Zinchenko is announced? If I'm being realistic, you know, I kind of feel that this is going to be Zinchenko before the start of the season and maybe one more this summer, more of an attacking-minded player. I would like it to be two more after Zinchenko. I'd love us to bring in like that central midfielder and more of a wide player. If we can do that, I think we've had an excellent transfer window. But if it is only to be Zinchenko on one more, I, I you know, I, I don't think I'd complain wildly. We've already brought in, uh, you know, four players in Jesus and Marquinhos and Turner and Fabio Vieira. We add Zinchenko to that. We add another midfielder, I think, to that. And you're looking at a good window. There aren't many teams that go out and bring in six plus players to the senior squad during a transfer window. Arsenal needs to be in a position where they're not doing that. I know we love talking about transfers and we love seeing new players come into the team, but we want to be in the level of City and Liverpool where they're only adding and needing to add the one or two players every summer. That's the position that we need to be in so that we're not sitting at the start of the window going, we need six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven odd players. We need to be in a position where we're adding one, two or three players a summer that add real quality to the squad but Arsenal in the last two summers have needed to bulk out the squad with quality. And that's what I think you're seeing us do as long as well with the developmental side of things with the youth players coming through. Uh, Nick says, is the kit released today? I believe it is. I believe the away kit is being released. Uh, I think I'll show you yesterday, Mike said uh, from the Gooners pod that he would be attending the kit launch. So yes, you will soon see not only just a black t-shirt as always, but a black Arsenal away kit, which is probably my dream scenario of any possible kit that Arsenal could have. Who do I get on the back? I, I'm really leaning towards Mr. Martin Erdegaard, to be honest. That is who I'm leaning on for this one. Martinelli's on my home shirt. Erdegaard, I think, is going to have to take the away shirt. Uh, Martin says, is Zinchenko the midfield upgrade or a new left back? If the, former sh- if the former, he shouldn't be covering Tierney's many absences because the midfield will be back to square one. Martin, I think the benefit of having someone like Zinchenko is that he can upgrade both positions. I think he competes with Tierney. I think he upgrades on what we've got in midfield. I think he starts over Xhaka. I would start him over Xhaka. I'd rather see someone more technical, more mobile, more progressive, um, a lot more, not determined, that's the wrong word, but someone who's really good with his pressing. You know, I really want to see someone like Zinchenko in that midfield for Arsenal. I don't think it necessarily means that we go back to square one at all because you need to have versatility and malleability, malleability, just something malleable. That's the word I'm looking for in the team. Um, But I don't think it takes us back to square one at all. And Vieira, of course, has been added into the team and can also play in a number eight position. Um, Or times bowling today, says Fuad. Hey, don't diss the shirt. This is nice. (laughs) Leave me alone. You're just jealous to have a shirt as good as this. That's that's all that it is. Uh, Reese says, Tom, do you think that we should use Colorado's MLS team to use for our youngsters? Potentially. The issue with using MLS teams is obviously that their season runs on a different timeline to our own. So by January, 
they aren't playing. Um, and, that, and that's the problem that we kind of had. Uh, let's go to, uh, oh, let's just get rid of you because that's just rude in the chat box. Uh, Manu says, talking about bringing in new senior players to the squad, we haven't seen any academy players so far, have we? I mean, new academy players last season, Patino got opportunities, of course. Um, we saw players go onto the bench like Hutchinson and Flores and Zach Swanson, who's now left, of course, and Alabiosu. Um, Agungbo was on the bench as well. Uh, but we haven't necessarily seen anyone new besides Rule Walters this summer. Okonkro has been getting a couple of chances as well, too. He played in Germany, if you remember. But yeah, we haven't necessarily seen any new academy signings uh, into the squad. We've seen a lot of renewals, um, but we haven't necessarily seen any signings. Uh, the last signing I think we made was Lino Souza. Uh, he joined us, of course, from West Brom. But there is a lot of talent coming through from the under-18s and being promoted to the under-21s. So I think that's probably why you've not seen necessarily any signings made in that area. But uh, we'll see if anything changes in that regard before the end of the transfer window. Of course, with the new coaching setup, they have to get involved, they have to get integrated, and then they might thinking about with time sparing in the window about if they can get any more players in. Uh, Mad G said, who starts at left back against Crystal Palace? If KT isn't match ready and Nuno goes on loan, is it Zinchenko? Well, if, if that situation, as you describe it, Matt happens, then yes, he would. Uh, I think Zinchenko would start a left back if Tierney isn't fit. If Tierney is fit, and I mean fully fit, then he starts uh, at the moment. He starts. Zinchenko could potentially play in midfield, but I still think it would be Partey Xhaka, Odegaard as the starting mid three, uh, midfield three come the start of the season. Uh, it's Angela says, uh, Leroy Sane, thoughts? Are the links even legit? And if so, a reported 50 to 60 million pounds. Uh, it looks like a naughty addition to me. Uh, I don't think that the reports are. I don't think Arsenal have a real solid interest right now. That could change, you know, in the coming days and weeks. But I think that's a bit of an opportunistic link more than anything is how I would respectfully describe it. 50 to 60 million, I think, sounds cheap. I think he would cost more than that if Bayern were going to be tempted into selling him to Arsenal. I think Arsenal might have to pay more. Uh, Mo says, morning, Tom. Seen this morning interest in Ivan Tony from other Premier League teams. Do you feel it's a risk that we should look into uh, this with the physical attributes and the price? I think the price tag was quoted at around £30 million, but I don't see why Brentford would let him go for that cheap. I think they should be looking for at least 40 for Ivan Tony, to be honest. Homegrown. They bought him for 27 odd million quid, I think, something like that. Um, did they not? I need to check that because I feel like that's wrong. I've just spouted out a lot of random numbers. Um, but I'm sure they signed him fairly uh expensive figure let's have a look maybe i'm completely wrong oh they signed him for like five million <laughs> you see and this is why you check so they signed him for like five million quid um he's now worth 31.5 million pounds according to transfer Mart. so they're going to make a significant profit but i do still think that 30 million is cheap for ivan tony to go from one premier league team to another uh, King says, who do I want to see go for in a wide position? Pedro Gonçalves has been my option, but he's not been linked, to be fair. Not been linked at all. Uh, Mohamed says, Tom, do you, do not compare us to City or Liverpool. They are complete, complete teams. We are building a new team. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> I said, we need to look to becoming those teams. And if you are in the position of becoming one of those teams, that's where you start adding one, two, three players a summer. Right now, no, we're not like that. And that's why I didn't do a direct comparison. It was a future comparison with the aim of trying to get to the same level as those teams. 
Sam says, my Oasia is uh, the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, you think it could catch on? I What? I have no idea what you... The Gab Muda... Tri- oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it, Sam. I get it. Terrible. <laughs> Frankly, terrible. Um, let's go to uh, Max, who says, morning, Tom. Please make me feel better. I will not forgive Edu and Arteta for selling Amari Hutchinson. They better sign Mbappe and make me feel better. Look, I think that there has been a wild overreaction uh, to Amari Hutchinson leaving the club. Youngsters leave top Premier League teams a lot. They try and move thinking that they're going to get better opportunities. I don't see how he will get a better one at Chelsea. That said, I think there's potentially a big financial incentive that Arsenal weren't willing to match. They've just given Balogun a £40,000 per week contract. You can't keep justifying paying those types of wages to youngsters. You just can't. Otherwise, you get into a vicious cycle. I mean, Balogun's on more than Fabio Vieira by quite a significant amount of money. Uh, we need to make sure that we measure uh, the, the decisions that we make and we can't just keep putting those players on big wages. He's not even the best talent in the academy. That is Marcelo Flores for me by quite a distance. So I just don't think that it's something I'm going to lose my head over at all. Uh, let's go scroll down a little bit more because I feel like I'm missing loads of questions as well. Uh, William says, why is Saliba not in the list of players when purchasing kits on Arsenal Direct? I think, William, because he's not been given an official squad number yet. I know he's got the number 12 at the moment, but I feel like that could change. So I think that's why he's probably not being included in the list. If Bellerin moves on, I think he will be given the number two shirt and that will become his official number for next season. They might even do that before the start of the season. So if you want to buy a shirt with Saliba on the back, it's probably worth waiting um, until later on in the window. Uh, Jasmine says, could Artur be a season loan signing if we miss out on primary targets? I just don't know why Juve would let him go on a season long loan. If they want to move him on, they're going to want to sell him. They're not going to want to see him go on loan. That doesn't benefit Juve in any way, shape or form. So I don't think it's a deal that would be feasible or sensible for Juventus to do. Um, Half South African says, would you be happy if we went big on Savage and then got no other incomings? Yes. If we ended up signing Milinkovic-Savage, that's a world-class addition to the squads. And that is the level of player that I would love to see brought in uh, to the team. Uh, let's go to Kieran, who says, early prediction to standout player this season. <laughs> That's almost impossible, uh, Kieran, but I, I think it probably will be Gabriel Jesus based upon what we've seen so far. Uh, Daz says, why is Norton Cuffey not part of pre-season? I think, as I've mentioned before on the show, they've used pre-season as a chance to really give opportunities to the senior figures, maybe even use it as a bit of a shop window for some of those players and as they look to move them on. They're trying to, you know, uh, give opportunities to allow teams to see these players play so maybe they can sell them for a little bit more money. Um, Roth of Aries says, people forget Chelsea never gave youngsters a chance before. Uh, Lampard, uh, they let too many players leave like De Bruyne. Um, They did let a lot of players leave, of course, but you can't keep everybody. And look, Chelsea haven't exactly suffered because of that either. Sure, other teams have benefited from those players like Salah and De Bruyne. You're not going to say that they aren't. But at the same time, you know, Chelsea have won two Champions Leagues. They've won Premier League titles. Arsenal will hopefully get to that stage one day again if we continue to make more sensible choices. And I just don't think putting all our youngsters on huge wages just to keep them for the sake of it is a smart decision considering the state of play financially with our team and the wage structure of the club that we've tried to address significantly in the last three or four years. Um, going to Jake says any uh, tea news on Patino Flores being left behind there was a friendly I think uh, two days ago 
Uh, I think they played against Dulwich Hamlet, and I think Patino was involved in that game. Flores, I imagine, probably was too. He did play in the game against Hereford, and he scored in the game against Woking. But uh, there is frustration, and I'm looking forward to hopefully someone asking the question to Mikel Arteta about why they didn't bring that many youngsters on the tour and some of the reasons as to why they didn't either. Um, let's try and find some more questions that I've definitely just skipped past. Uh, Hector Wilde says, we need a De Bruyne-type player such as Paqueta or Zoboslai. Big output numbers from the number eight. Who do you think? Well, we're hoping that Vieira can do that. You know, his numbers last season for Porto playing in that attacking midfield role were very good. You know, I think he got something like seven goals and 12 assists, 19 goal contributions. If you can get 19 goal contributions from your eight, that's an, ins- that's an insane number in the Premier League. I'm not looking and seeing that I'm expecting that to be translated immediately across from the Portuguese league to the Premier League. It's going to take time for him to adapt. But they're the types of numbers that we need to start seeing. Odegaard needs to step up. You know, he needs to significantly step up his goal output, his assists, the number of goals he's scoring. That needs to improve. I think we saw last season a step up in his goal scoring and assisting abilities compared to the loan spell that he had. And we certainly saw that from Saka and Smith Rowe. These players are improving under this coach and they are absolutely providing more goals and assists. And the numbers are evidence of that. But we need to see more. We need to demand more of these players and hope that the likes of Smith-Rowe and Saka and Odegaard and Vieira and Martinelli in particular can really add to what we're doing. And Jesus hopefully will become a big, big part of that. A big part of that indeed. Uh, Olu says, is Arteta using the preseason for 11 versus 11 training matches, hence taking most of the senior players? That is something they are doing fairly regularly um, and they're getting the players into a lot more match scenarios to try and bulk them up and get them ready for the start of the season. But I'm not sure if that's the reason why he took senior players. I still personally think it's more to do with transfers and a shot window and an opportunity to show what Arsenal have. And if you want to come along and buy any of those players during this short window opportunity that we have. Uh, Lynn says Vieira isn't built for the Premier League at the moment. He needs to build up. There are lots of players in the Premier League of a very slight and smaller frame that have excelled. Bruno Fernandes joined Manchester United from the Portuguese League. Hardly a specimen of physical performance and absolutely bossed it. So there is nothing to say that you can't also have a really strong campaign if you don't have that muscular build. And he will start adding that at Arsenal. They'll do a lot of strength and conditioning uh, training at Arsenal. It will happen. But I wouldn't Lynn write him off just because he's more of a, a slim figure than what we've seen from some of the other players. Uh, Costa, thank you so much uh, for br- becoming a brand new member of the channel. Uh, TGT family, make sure you give Costa a very, very warm welcome to the crew. Um, yes, Dumaguna, I mean... Santi Cazorla, another great example of a not necessarily physical, muscular player. As long as they've got great technical ability, as long as they've got great vision and good timing and decision making, muscles are not a necessity. You know, it's a little bit of a myth that the Premier League needs to be this physical, demanding uh, league where players can only succeed if they are built for it. The Liga, as a a league in particular, is very, very physical and it helps players train up. So I'm not surprised Arsenal have signed so many players in there in the past. Um, But still, at the same time, it's a different ballgame. It's more about the speed, intensity and intelligence of players that matter in the Premier League because you just don't get anywhere near the same amount of of time, you know, on the ball. So your decision making and your intelligence when in possession needs to be top, way more so than for me having that physical stature. Maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I would have been on your side, Lynn, with regarding you need to have that physical element to your game. 
you know, Thierry Henry was a powerful player, not just technically brilliant. 20 years on, it is not necessarily as anywhere near needed as what it once was. Uh, Ahmed says, are you agreed or not with Odegaard being our captain? And also, still no competitor for Partey. We are failing in the same as last season's mistakes. Uh, Odegaard is the standout option for me. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's, you know, fantastic news. You know, I wish Arsenal had a better standout candidate for the captaincy. Kieran Tinney would be, but he's just not reliable enough. His fitness is just not there. So Odegaard, for me, is the standout option as a captain from a personality perspective, from a likeable perspective in the squad. He's very well respected. He's very demanding of his teammates, all of that sort of things. But to be honest, you know, the captaincy side of things, there aren't just there aren't players out there anymore like your Vieiras and your Tony Adamses of this world. They just aren't. Those players don't really exist anymore. So we can't start comparing 2022 captains with those of the late 90s, early noughties, and before that, of course, as well. You just can't because they just don't exist. You don't have Vieira's. You don't have Tony Adams's. really. It's a, it's, a, it's a disappointing and sad bygone era of football. But Odegaard is the standout captain. Regarding bringing in a competitor for Partey, we've talked about this a lot. You know, we're Arsenal have got Partey and Xhaka and Lokonga and Elneny all at the club. And whereas we didn't have a competitor for Odegaard, we don't really have too many options in the left eight midfield position. A defensive midfielder just is nowhere near as high up on the priority list as so many other players. Yes, there's a difference in quality. And yes, that exists. But I'd rather strengthen and make sure we've got quality and upgrades in other areas whilst we have four players that can play DM right now or just deep line playmaker role for us at the moment. It's, it's definitely something I want to see improvement in. But when we've got so many other holes, they needed to be addressed so much sooner. Um, but regarding kind of, you know, Lokonga, people are so disrespectful of Lokonga, in my opinion. This guy is going to be such a good player in the future. He's got so much more to come from his game. We've seen him succeed. It just happened in the earlier first half of the last season, which means people have forgotten about a lot of his really good performances. He didn't get the opportunity to play all that much in the second half of the season. And when he did, he was often left exposed as a, as a lone six when I think he needs probably someone like a Xhaka playing alongside him to get more from Lukonga. Um, But there is a lot more to come from that guy. And look, don't get this wrong. Thomas Partey is not a defensive midfielder. You know, he's not an out-and-out number six. He's played there and can play there. But he isn't what I would describe as a DM. Not at all. You know, that isn't, for me, his best position. So if we're going to sign someone there, we need to make sure we're signing someone that is stylistically and specifically a DM, a number six that's going to add something. But I just don't see it happening this summer, to be honest, because I think there are just so many other areas where Arsenal need to strengthen. Uh, Talking about Onana, uh, he's going for a ridiculous amount of money. You know, West Ham, I think, are going to probably end up paying something like 38 million euros to get Onana into the team from Lille. He's a very, very expensive young 20-year-old Belgian midfielder. Very good, but I just don't think, um, I just don't think that at all. And at Atletico Madrid, he wasn't a defensive midfielder because he played in a two. You know, he played with Saul, he played with Koke. Um, and in that two, you know, he was progressive. He was um, really kind of demanding in terms of bringing the ball out from the back and running it forwards. Didn't really play as a lone six at Atletico Madrid. So, no, I do disagree with that wildly. Um, Tom says, what did you make of the Kante links? If it was really around 15 million as reported, surely it's worth a pun. I disagree with a lot of what people say about Kante. I would go for him. Um, I would sign him. I think he'd be a great addition to the squad. I think the opportunity to add some of his experience, someone that would add so much to the dressing room and his quality. Yes, he's got injury problems, 
Yes, he's not the player he was five years ago. But I certainly don't see an issue in adding someone like that as on top of what we potentially could still add. If it's a case of where I said I think we'll get Zinchenko on one more attacking player, if you said that we're also going to add Kante to the team, I don't see why I would turn that down. But the thing is with the Kante deal, maximum one two-year contract, no more than that. If it's three or more years, I don't think I can get on board with that anywhere near as much, to be fair. And that is going to end off today's morning show. If you could drop a like on the video before you leave, it really does help us out. Thank you so much for tuning into the show, as always. I'll be live in just over or under now, an hour and a half's time over on the Arsenal way, talking about Arsenal even more. Link, as always, in the link tree in the video description. And I'll probably be live a little bit later on today as well, talking about any other occurrences with some fantastic people on the channel, as you can always expect. But thank you for always being a part of things here. Try to stay out of the sunshine today as much as you can. Stay safe, stay well, stay hydrated. uh, And I will see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.